More Healy's entrance into the governor's race seemed inevitable, with her record as attorney general taking on big issues like the opioid crisis. But speaking today at one of her first campaign stops, Healy downplayed her ambitions. I didn't grow up wanting to be a politician. I never imagined it, to be honest. I knew I wanted to be a lawyer and I went to law school because I wanted to help people and try to do some good. I've had opportunities to do that in my career. I'm a kid who grew up in a small town uh, with a really loving mom and four younger siblings. Welcome to And Another Thing. I'm Dara Kennedy. I'm Maya Schwader. For more on how this will shake up the race, we spoke with Tony Signoli, a political analyst based in Springfield. He told us that, yes, Maura Healy's grand entrance was expected, and she's got plenty of cash on hand to start her off, but she's going to have to break the curse of past attorneys general who have tried to run the same race. So fact, she comes into this race with, at this morning's numbers, about $3.7 million in her war chest. She raised $400,000 just in the last month, and she's got something else. She's got a bevy of supporters who are ardent in trying to get her elected to be the first attorney general since 1940 to go from the AG's office to the governor's office. Ardent supporters who know how to canvass, how to door knock, how to deal with the convention and the caucus apparatus, the democratic uh, machine. She is well suited to this. And she's a national player. She's got national chops and recognition for her battles and taking on Donald Trump, big oil and big farm. She comes into this as the major domo. To what extent are people going to already be acting like she's the nominee? She's got some competition in the field. She's not the only Mm -hmm. one out there. Yeah. You know, a lot of the players, the state committee members, the activists who are the regulars will look at her as a front runner. But on the left, there will be some who will still challenge her in that regard on certain issues, thinking that she's not far enough left, far enough off left. That can be a little bit of a factor as you start to look at the caucuses and the convention. But the bottom line is this, for Democrats, or for independents on the roles who look democratically in this gubernatorial race, she's it. You mentioned that there hasn't been an attorney general who's been elected to the governorship in this century. Yeah. What is it with that hurdle? What is it with that gap that no one else has been able to, to overcome it yet? And yeah. is running her campaign the same way that she ran before going to be the, mm. the bridge that gets her there? so to speak, of attorney generals who have sought to become governor. And we've had some really popular attorney generals, Frank Bellotti, Scott Harshbarger. These were major players, very popular attorney generals who couldn't make the leap. For Healy, I think it's very different. I think it's different because of her national recognition as an attorney general who successfully took on Donald Trump more than once and beat him who successfully joined with attorney generals across the nation on big issues like taking on big oil, big pharma, and winning. She's been able to translate her activity as an attorney general into what it means to average regular folks out there. We've seen polling where that's really playing, not just with the Democratic base, but with the essential base to win a governorship in Massachusetts, with independence and on the roll. The same people that put Charlie Baker in the governor's seat. Where does Western Mass play into this? Healy is a, is a political animal. She's well-known. She is also a product of the Boston establishment. Yeah. What, what does yeah. Western Mass need to do to make sure that it is on her radar as she's running this campaign? I think that there always comes down to this. In a close campaign or a campaign where a candidate like Healy is going to pay some attention to every vote, on a bad day, Western Massachusetts, the four Western counties and the third Worcester County might produce only 8% of the statewide vote. On a really great day, 
we can put the pump it up to 18% of as the potential would be even higher. I think for Hillary, she wants a gigantic win. She wants to do well in Western Mass. What we've seen with Healy as Attorney General is that she's visited or been in Western Massachusetts more than almost any other AG. She's taken the time to get involved in significant battles and fights out here. You see her name on the dotted line in lawsuits that affect consumers and others in Western Massachusetts. I think she'll seek to grab those votes and get that support. With Ben Downing out of this race now, what's from Western Massachusetts? There's no other specific Western Massachusetts candidate. And I think if Healy wants to make sure she makes up for any little bit of slippage that might go from alt-left to another candidate, she can pick it up here in Western Massachusetts, especially in Hamden County. She's popular, she's got a good base, and she's got some significant supporters out here. Attorney General Healy has spent a lot of time out here, made investments, made endorsements of folks, supported folks from Northampton to Pittsfield. And I think a lot of those folks are remembering that now, those elected officials and others, and will be there to support her. You'll see an active constituency slash activist base for her. I'm familiar right now with a list of about a thousand people already, you know, signed on activists who are committed, you know, to helping her win, who are from Western Massachusetts. Tony, where does this leave the Republicans right now? Republicans in Massachusetts are in a real bad spot. They've got a governor. They've got Charlie Baker. But a big chunk of the Republican base, i.e. the hardcore Republicans who vote three out of four times, four out of four times, they largely track with Donald Trump. Bear in mind, in 2016, Donald Trump got a million votes in Massachusetts. A lot of these folks still track in that direction, and they're solidly behind Jeff Beal, you know, the former state rep who's been endorsed by, by Donald Trump. There's another candidate right now running, Shiva Ayodhari, who's a bit of a, a, a unique individual, I'll put it that way. That's what the Republicans have been able to put up right now. They don't have a deep bench. The state of the party is dire without someone who can bring in independent and unenrolled votes, as Baker did. With Polito deciding not to run, that's a real heavy hit to the Republicans who are more mainstream in Massachusetts. It's going to be very difficult for them to play, especially because Jeff Deal probably can't come anywhere near raising the kind of money that Maura Healy has, the arguable front runner for the Democrats. So cards on the table. Are we looking at yeah. a Governor Healy at the end of this year? You know, in my business, and my profession, we always hate to prognosticate. You just never know what's going to happen. But in this instance, every star, everything is lined up for Maura Healy. From the key endorsements, from organized labor, from teachers, et cetera, others and whatnot, throughout the Commonwealth, it's just all lined up there. And she's got not just the big war chest, she's got a campaign apparatus ready to go. We're seeing it this very day on the first day of her announcement with so many people, you know, sharing and uh, reposting her announcement and getting out there endorsing her. It is very likely that Maura Healy will break the long curse going back to 1940 of an attorney general not being able to become governor. It looks like she's got that, that space. Tony Signoli is the president of the A.L. Signoli Company and a political consultant based in Springfield. Thank you so much for your insights. Fantastic. That was really great. Thank you, Maya. Maura Healy may be the most prominent name to enter the race thus far, but she is not the first. Right now, the voters of Massachusetts have a choice of three women currently running for CEO of the state, including Harvard professor Danielle Allen. We caught up with her right after Healy's announcement and asked what her challenge might be now that Healy is in the race. I think it's really exciting. It is time for us to have a full debate. Now, I did join this race a year ago because the need was clear. 
it's clear now, whether it's the pandemic or climate crisis, racial injustice, or strength on our democracy, status quo is not an option. We need a fresh perspective. We've got to cut past politics and start bringing people together to build solutions. So I'm in this race to make sure Massachusetts has a choice. I want to dig into that a little bit more. You released a statement yesterday that said something similar to what you just said, that the status quo is not the option. You know, we need a fresh perspective. Do you think someone like Maura Healy would be too status quo and not bring a fresh perspective to solving the problems of the Commonwealth? You know, I welcome the attorney general into the race and I'm looking forward to seeing her on the trail. And we are going to have an exciting debate. We on our campaign are not business as usual. We mean business, but we're not business as usual. You know, we are a people-powered campaign. I started with a listening tour all over the Commonwealth. And so everything we're doing is built out of what we've heard and learned. We've got to get cost of living down, quality of life up. We've got to secure healthy communities, a healthy democracy, and a healthy climate. Healy is very much you know, known to the political establishment. How do you, as someone who is coming in from the outside, how do you intend to face off against her and make sure that you're not you know, just brushed aside as an outsider? I'm a longtime democracy advocate, national voice on pandemic response, and a nonprofit leader with 20 years of public service under my belt. I've stepped forward because I've got the tools and skills to meet the moment. We've been working really hard on fundraising to build the resources to organize statewide. We outraised our competitors in the field in 2021. And so we are building a rock here. We are building a rock that's people-powered, and we are going to be here when all the frenzy of this moment breaks. Um, We're doing the serious work for the people of Massachusetts. Your campaign has surpassed the $1 million mark in contributions. Current total cash on hand is somewhere north of $400,000. Healy is reportedly sitting on a war chest of about four million, a little less than four million already. How are you going to be working to make up that difference? Because we know that in campaigns, money can can make or break. We will be a scrappy and insurgent campaign all the way through to the end. We have built the resources we need to operate statewide, and we are on a trajectory to hit our targets for maintaining a statewide people-powered movement all the way through. So, yes, you know, the attorney general is going to be able to make some big fancy expenditures right out of the box. No question about it. You know, that's business as usual. That's politics as we know it. We are bringing a fresh perspective coming from the outside. I think the people of Massachusetts deserve a choice. We've got the resources to make sure that people have a choice. Harvard professor Danielle Allen is a Democratic candidate for governor. Thank you so much for joining us on And Another Thing. Thank you, Maya. Great to be with you. Always a pleasure. We reached out to Republican candidate for governor Jeff Deal to get his thoughts on Maura Healy's announcement, but he declined to be interviewed. We also reached out to Senator Sonia Chang-Diaz, but she did not respond to our request. Running parallel to the governor's race are, of course, the lieutenant governor candidates. State Senator Eric Lesser, who represents Springfield and Chicopee, is one of those who's thrown his hat into that race. When he announced his candidacy, Lesser said he wanted to partner with the next governor to make sure she was successful. We asked him if he was, perhaps, tipping the scales to someone he would prefer as a boss. All the announced candidates uh, on the Democratic side, of course, uh, are women, uh, which is very exciting uh, and is historic and would be historic. I'm a very big fan of our attorney general. Uh, I've worked with her over a number of years. Uh, Her office worked very closely with us, both on getting that legislation passed and also on implementing it. So, no, absolutely. I would be uh, excited to work with her and to partner with her and to have her um, be our governor. And I would be excited with the other uh, Democratic candidates we've got as well. So we're really lucky. It's going to be an exciting year ahead. We've got you know, a really exciting election in front of us. 
All of the Democratic gubernatorial candidates right now are from Eastern Mass. If you were elected, you would be one of a very few lieutenant governors who have been from Western Mass. What do you think that brings to the table? Well, there hasn't been a lieutenant governor in a very, very long time from Western Mass. Uh, of course, Tim Murray was from Worcester, but as we know, Worcester's central math, not, not Western <laughs> they math. They might argue with you um, about that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it depends on perspective. Some of our friends in Boston think Worcester is Western math. So we know otherwise. Uh, you know, I think that uh, first off, the idea of regional balance really is very important. Massachusetts is a unique state in the sense that its population center, its political center, its financial center are all concentrated in one place. That's actually not the case in most other states. Think of Albany, New York City, think of Tallahassee and Miami, think of Austin and Dallas and Houston, something that I'm really excited about doing. And in particular for us in Western Mass, we've got to get East-West Rail done. State Senator Eric Lesser is a Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor. Thank you so much. We really appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for having me, Maya. What does it take to run in a race of this magnitude? After the break, former senator and gubernatorial candidate Ben Downing shares his lessons learned on the campaign trail, which, spoiler alert, comes down to the money. We'll get insight from a campaign expert when we return. This is And Another Thing. been through a lot. Our people have been through a lot. Our businesses have been through a lot. Our children have been through a lot. A lot of anxiety, a lot of despair. But I have seen over the last two years such incredible acts of resilience, of compassion. And I have long believed, because I've had the privilege of serving as your attorney general for the last seven years, this state and its people have endless capacity to do great things. You're listening to And Another Thing with Maya Schwader. I'm Dara Kennedy. Today, we discuss Massachusetts Attorney General and now gubernatorial candidate Maura Healy's run for governor. That was her earlier today in her official announcement to become the first woman elected governor of the state and the first Massachusetts Attorney General to win the office since the 1950s. Six state AGs have tried and failed before her, as did former state senator Ben Downing. In what was a crowded field across the state, the Pittsfield native realized that the stakes were high and he had become a long shot. And also, he was more than $3.5 million short of matching what the attorney general had already amassed. Ben Downing, thank you for joining us again on the show. The last time we spoke, Ben, you were actually in the thick of your campaign in the governor's race for Massachusetts. You have since dropped out and Maura Healy has finally made her decision. What are your thoughts on her deciding to, yes, run for governor of Massachusetts? Well, I think it hopefully brings more attention to the race. You know, I think that regardless of any inherent advantages the attorney general brings to the race, you have several candidates that have been out there for months meeting with voters across the state. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how how voters react to it, what questions they start to ask of candidates, and uh, how the race starts to form up from here. When we last spoke, we went thoroughly through your agenda, and you were quite aggressive on progressive policies, right? Universal child care, climate change. Are those things that you think Attorney General Healy will focus on? You know, I think we've seen some at least recognition of those issues of child care, of climate change in the attorney general's uh, opening remarks, certainly discussions of the economy. And 
responding to the continuing ongoing challenges from COVID. I think too often, though, we, we see those issues being separated from the economy as if you can focus on the economic recovery one day and then focus on childcare and on climate the next day. And the simple truth is if you don't solve childcare, you're not going to have a, a, an equitable economic recovery. And if we don't move quicker on climate change, then you know the, the relative strength of our economy won't matter much if sea levels continue to rise and we continue to have you know, rising temperatures and the negative impacts of that, in particular in communities of color. So I think it's important for all candidates to not just try to address these issues in a silo, but see them as part of a bigger picture where we're trying to address the, the structural challenges facing Massachusetts. You just mentioned communities of color, which is a key growing demographic in all of Massachusetts. How important is it for perhaps Sonia Chang-Diaz to focus on the important items that you just mentioned as she continues her race? I think it's critically important that none of the candidates take any community for granted, You know, whether that's communities of color because of work that they've done in those communities in the past or represented those communities in the past, or quite frankly, taking for granted geographic advantages uh, that other candidates may have. Uh, I think it's important both to show up, to listen, to learn, to hear folks, and then build from there and share a little bit about your record, what you've done in the past, but also about what you're proposing in the future. And I think that's where Senator Chang Diaz and Professor Allen are a little bit ahead of the Attorney General now in that they have spent the better part of the last year out there listening to voters in those communities. And certainly uh, the Attorney General is going to play catch up there and, and be able to build a team that will allow her to do that. Not just showing up in communities and saying, hey, I've got all the solutions for you. Too often, that's what Beacon Hill does. And I think that turns people off. You didn't suspend your campaign until just a few weeks ago, really, right? The end of December. What made you finally decide to say you're going to step out of the race? Uh, it wasn't an easy decision uh, by any means, but the, the biggest challenge is fundraising. Uh, you know, To run the type of campaign that I felt like I wanted to run that was consistent with my values and what I thought was most important for Massachusetts. I needed to be out there early, uh, and we were out there early while rejecting donations from lobbyists or from PACs in particular uh, from the fossil fuel industry. And doing that you know, makes it that much harder to, to raise the resources you need for a campaign. And uh, you know, as part of the team, we had to look at where we stood financially and say, all right, are we confident that if we're able to hit certain benchmarks moving forward, we're going to be able to, to build the team uh, to execute on our plan? And, you know, especially knowing that the attorney general was on her way into this race, uh, if not others as well, you know, factored into that. But when all was said and done, you know, I couldn't in good faith ask my supporters to make an investment in a team that I didn't think you know, had the pathway uh, to get there. And that was that was difficult, but it was the right decision. I think it's fair to say that there is less of the political fundraising culture in Western Mass that exists in and around Boston, and in particular, you know, sort of in and around the state house and sort of the universe of folks who regularly pay attention to state politics. And certainly uh, that had an impact. And if you look at you know, the the candidates that have been successful in Massachusetts, there's one of two paths. You either build a large campaign war chest over time in office, which is what you know, the attorney general uh, has done, if not others, or you come in relatively early and have the ability to raise national resources. And you know, from my perspective, I wasn't in either of those positions. So we tried to use the time and policy to organize uh, on the campaign and, and build around that. And, you know, unfortunately, we just weren't able to execute on it. 
Ben Downing, former gubernatorial candidate for the state of Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us on the show again. Thanks so much for having me, Dara. Stay safe and do well. We've talked a lot today about the huge war chest of cash that Healy has been amassing even before she announced her candidacy this morning. Some $3.67 million to be exact, as former Senator Ben Downing just told us, starting a campaign early does not necessarily provide much of an advantage if the funds don't sustain a run for office. Author of Hometown Inequality, Race, Class, and Representation in America's Local Governments, UMass Amherst Professor of Political Science Jesse Rhodes explains the advantage that Attorney General Maura Healey may have. Due to her long tenure in statewide office and the fact that she's won two statewide elections. She has a really strong statewide organization, a strong statewide fundraising capability, and a lot of uh, name recognition throughout the state. That puts her at a huge advantage um, in terms of fundraising, in terms of ability to mobilize voters in comparison with Senator Sonia Chang-Diaz and Professor Daniel Allen. What would it take for those other two candidates, not to mention the the Republican, Jeff Deal, to catch up with her? Is that a possibility at this point? I think there are actually two factors at play. The first advantages that I just mentioned in terms of statewide recognition and organization and fundraising capacity. Secondly, I think Democrats are very motivated to win. They see an almost unparalleled opportunity to win given the departure of a very popular Republican governor from the scene, so an open gubernatorial race. And um, they want to pick a winner. And so I think you're likely to see a lot of convergence around um, Attorney General Healy's candidacy because she's already in a strong position. And that suggests that donors and voters are going to tend to gravitate to her candidacy. Do you think that that still could hold true? that the richest candidate could be the winner, or is there still some space to prove that wrong? Well, anything's possible, right? And, and it's, it's early. So you don't ever want to assume that something is a foregone conclusion. What we can say is that Attorney General Healy is currently in a very commanding position. And given her strengths as a candidate and the, the fact that she does have a very formidable campaign war chest means that, that she has the advantage um, and she's likely to be able to use that to secure significant advantages throughout the primary campaign and if she wins into the general election campaign. But, you know, again, the, the election is 10 months away. Many things can happen between now and then. But I, I think there's no way to avoid the conclusion that right now that she has a really remarkable advantage. Jesse Rhodes is a professor of political science at UMass Amherst. Thank you so much for speaking with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to And Another Thing today. You can find more episodes of our show, including previous interviews with Attorney General Maura Healey, on our page at NEPM.org. I'm Dara Kennedy. I'm Maya Schwader. You can also follow us on social media at AAT on NEPM. Good luck to the candidates and have a lovely evening.